listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, a show dedicated to helping passion-led entrepreneurs and business owners learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 134 of the Savvy Social Podcast. My name is Drea, and this podcast is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, today, I'm really excited because I have Tony Jakes on the show. She's fantastic. You're going to love our conversation. We're going to go all over the place talking about her history, how she got into the world of social media, and specifically what changed this year for her. And as the title says, it's all about focus. Uh, But before we dive into this conversation with Tony, before I bring her on, Do you want to update you on what's happening in the school for those of you who are in the school? Upcoming this month in February, it's the month of momentum. So we're all about continuing all of the beautiful goals and habits that you set for yourself this month in January. We have some special guests coming in the school to talk about momentum. We have a special GIF workshop with one of my favorite people, RKA. That should be fun. Um, And we also have our social media launch plan workshop as well. You can find all of the details at SavvySocialSchool.com. All right, Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk with you because I got to know you really well over the Thrive Mentorship Program. We kind of really connected in that program. And so I knew when you kind of asked me on the show or I invited you to be on the show that this would be such an interesting conversation. But um, let's start at the beginning. Like how did you get started in this world of social media marketing? So I became a certified yoga instructor about four years ago. And as part of that, you have to market yourself. You have to market your classes, you have to market workshops, and you do a lot, not just for yourself personally, but also in collaboration with the studio. I taught at a couple of different studios over time. And so I had, I started to learn that as a way to promote my classes. I really enjoyed what I was doing. So it wasn't that it was my business um, because I was always teaching at, at studios for, for other businesses, but the more numbers you can bring in, you get to stay on the schedule and the more often you get to ask to teach. And so I started to dive into social media and really marketing and figuring out what kind of graphics would appeal, what kind of verbiage would appeal, and just doing some some self-education at that point. And that then brought me into um, this past year, I made the decision to leave my corporate role. And as the pandemic hit, (laughs) which I made the decision to leave prior to the pandemic coming about, but then as I had given quite a bit of notice, so then as I was transitioning out, the pandemic was here and I actually had um, several business owners who I was acquainted with um, through various networking groups that asked me if I would help them with their social media because they knew I had had that experience from my yoga instruction. Yes. Okay. I love that this started from a place of necessity. And I think 
oftentimes, um, a lot of us are in that place, right? You're teaching these yoga classes. You wanted to fill your classes and you saw social media as a way to do this. It wasn't even really helping you personally directly, but it was something that you found that was necessary. So before we move into more of the kind of freelance work and and building your own company. Can you talk to me a little bit about the structure of those posts? Like as you're kind of encouraging people to join your yoga classes, give us a little like a granular example of what that looked like for you. So sometimes it was depending upon whether it was for a class um, or if it was for a workshop, if it was for a workshop, which had a more educational purpose to it, then I would start to educate with the posts and give a little bit of taste of how, what they were going to learn as they would come into the workshop. And so sometimes it was finding graphics that would break down a specific pose, or it was a picture of a pose that you could then build out the caption to start breaking it down and to tease them into what it is that they we're going to learn at the workshop. Why would they want to spend that money? Because workshops are a significantly larger investment than what you would spend for a class. And they're also a significantly larger investment in your time as well. So, you know, getting someone to come trust you with two hours of their time and that you have the right skill set and ability to be able to teach them what it is that they're coming to, to learn. And when it was classes, it was more about making it fun that come and they're going to get a great exercise and they're going to sweat because I teach mostly hat classes. They're going to sweat and, and they're going to enjoy that time and, and just really enticing them to be part of the community. The heat component oftentimes scares people. So getting new students to come and give it a shot the first time can be a, a really big hurdle to overcome. Um, Usually once they try it, they love it, but getting them over that hurdle. And so trying to find ways to use those posts that, that will start to reel people in, pique their interest. Um, So a lot of times, depending upon which, which my focus was, you know, more so with the yoga classes, finding it fun, getting them over whatever their hesitation is. And then in the education piece to help them understand what they're going to learn and why they want to come spend time and spend money with us. You know, I think there's so much value in in the things that you're saying, because it's more about understanding that individual person instead of saying, you know, we have all these classes, they cost all this money and come join us for a workshop. It's like thinking about it almost backwards. What, why would someone say no to this? Uh, or why may they not want to like jump at the chance for this right away? And then figuring out how you can uh, alleviate some of those um, hesitations that that person may have. And so it feels like a really organic approach to social media. And when you started working with with some of your first clients, is that kind of the same approach that you took to creating that content? It was. Um, I took the things that I had had learned from that. But as I started working with my first clients, they were business owners, um, a little bit bigger business. And so meaning it wasn't just a solopreneur. It was um, a little little bit bigger business where there were, they had a couple of people on staff. They offered bigger services, bigger service packages. And some of them had a very limited social media presence or almost no social media presence at all. And so starting out, when I was doing my yoga posts, it was on my personal social media. So those people knew me. I didn't have to say, hey, this is who, this is me and here's who I am and, and come, come trust me, come join me. They knew who I was. I didn't need to introduce myself. Um, they also, <laughs> most of them knew yoga had been a passion for me for many, many years before I became an instructor. So they knew that I had that knowledge base and that I had been in that. So 
uh, with my clients, I actually had to start with why should people trust you in this space? Who are you? Why should they come to you? What in fact is the service in which you provide? Um, and so starting from that more foundational and doing doing that kind of post, putting together that kind of post to start with. And then we could get into more of the fun things and, and blooper reels or thinking about, um, you know, some fun ways to show some behind the scene things in their business and in other ways. But oftentimes it started, the work started with, you know, who are you and what do you, what do you do and why should people want to work with you? And then moving into the objection piece, because that's that's always a, a hurdle to overcome, um, is speaking to that person who's interested but has their hesitations. Yes. Ooh, that's so juicy. I love that. You know, you're starting really with the core of their business and helping people get to know them so that they can trust them enough to listen to the other things that they have to say. Okay. So then what encouraged you to kind of reach out and and join the mentorship program? What was that decision process like? So as I was moving from, I had done this for myself, um, you know, obviously the only person judging me in that perspective is me. And I thought I did a fantastic job. Um, But as I started working with clients, I was then one branching into a space that was a different kind of business than what I you know, what I as a yoga instructor was was wanting to target. And so I needed to learn more, particularly as it came to the plat- the different platforms. So looking at how to really maximize Instagram and all of the, the different areas there, looking at how to really grow on Facebook and, and then also LinkedIn and trying to learn the full depth of what those platforms can do, or at least enough to really service my clients well. And so I started looking at what what were the different resources that were out there. I had actually bought a bundle and you were part of that bundle with your LinkedIn savvy course. And I, then my first go-to is a podcast because I just feel like there's a connection with getting the opportunity to hear somebody talk. I hadn't even realized that you had a YouTube for your podcast. So I didn't physically see you, but I started to binge your podcast and I loved the things that I was hearing. And it was uh, right as the mentorship was starting, like I think the day before is when I heard your podcast that was um, talking about how you were doing this mentorship. And one of the things you had talked about was reporting. Uh, And so how do you look at what it is that you've done and show value and coming from a corporate space, that's important to me to be able to go back and figure out how you take those measurements and you show value. And some of the things that you had said on that podcast just really, really spoke to me. And I reached out and had the opportunity to join the mentorship. And that has been so pivotal for me. And the, the things that have happened over the last six, eight months, and having that support as business, my business shifted through that first year so drastically and to have that support and to know that some of the things that happened are normal and okay, it was invaluable to not wanting to just throw on the towel and give up. Yes. And we love having you in the mentorship program because I think it's the collective that makes it 
such a unique experience. It's not just like you said, learning by yourself. I know I really struggled with that with the first years of my business where I was like, am I even doing the right things? I'm making this up. And then I'd have to fail and figure it out and then be like, oh no, that wasn't the right thing. So um, I appreciate that. I want to talk more now about this new direction and this new focus and the shifts. So what's one of the biggest shifts that you made in your business um, this year? So I have shifted into really paring down uh, what I wanted to do, what kind of a service I wanted to offer. When I first went into social media management and working with clients, I wanted to do the fancy things. So I was really thinking through, you know, beautiful posts with lots of graphics and video and how to bring that in and how to really learn as much as I, as I could about the video component and bringing that into the social media management aspect. And what I realized is one, the client has to give so much in that space. They really have to be on board with wanting to put in the time to create the video and to do those things. Two, the editing component of that. And as I did some of my own videos and I could think through how to organize them and how I might chop them up, I was able to do it quicker. But as I tried to transfer that into the client space, it was much more difficult. And as you start to think through what is it that they're going to commit to as far as time and what they need to put together, because I cannot show up on video for them. They have to do that themselves. And then also, you know, my time on the backside to create it into whatever it is that we were going to post. And so I, I had some really excellent clients when I first got started that were willing to play around with some things and some things worked and some things didn't and figuring that out. And that's when I realized, you know what, from both their perspective and from my perspective, I was overcomplicating things. And so as I spent more time in this space and as I spent more time on the platforms and really looking at what worked, I found that focusing in on what is really at their core and what's at my core and simplifying things. And there were several podcasts of yours that I listened to that talked about from a business owner's perspective, how to set yourself up for that, how to really do the work on the front side to make yourself successful in, in creating a process, having templates, really knowing how you're going to utilize your time, how to keep your time to a minimum, how I can then keep my clients time to a minimum because they're the expert in their business. They will always have to participate in the process of social media, especially if they're the face of their business. So I have now tailored down my packages to this is the specifics of of what I offer. This is what you get. It's very succinct. This is our process of what it is that we're going to do. Is I need deliverables from you. This is what's expected. And here's how I'll communicate that. How we do our monthly calls where we lay out that strategy and make sure that we're both on the same page. They know in that call, this is what's going to be expected of them. This is when things are due. So really getting that into um, into a focus. And as I, as I started to realize, a lot of the clients that I was working with, they hadn't been doing their own social media for an extended period of time. So this was something they realized they needed help with. Maybe they had done some social media, it had failed. Maybe they had worked with an agency that wasn't really focusing on them and their brand, um, who they were. It was more 
posting articles. I, I've had a couple clients that have, that was either the strategy that they took or the strategy that the person they were taking was just finding articles that was about their particular industry and posting them. And there wasn't any context to it or relation back to them as a, as a business and why this mattered. So really having to come, come back and do those things to define who they are, but, but simplifying that process so that we had a successful start. We can get into more complicated things as we get further down the road, but right now, really looking at what can I do for them and what 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 are they willing to participate in. So, so keeping it simple. You know, you mentioned um, having these um, systems and these packages, and really kind of focusing in on doing what you do best. When a new client approaches you, what do you what would you say to them is like the promise that your that you deliver that someone else couldn't deliver or that makes your kind of the experience with you different? So I as part of my setup and I do have a a setup package that is different from a monthly package. So we start out first with a with a setup package where we get things organized and together. They know what kind of things they need to provide for me. And then this is what I promise to provide back to them before we even get started. And a lot of times what I have found is they need accountability. They need somebody to say, here are the things that I need you to provide for me. And this is when I need them by. And if you cannot provide them by that date, this is in the consequences part of that. And so oftentimes it's just having that accountability and having somebody to guide them. Um, A lot of times my clients have great, come up with great ideas of, Hey, I've got this, I've got this content that we already created and we've got it here in an email, or we did a video here as a advertisement, you know, two years ago. And they'll start thinking through, once we get down the creative process, they'll start thinking of all these great things and start sending, sending them my way, but getting that started and to show them how we can repurpose information that's in those emails, that's on websites. Um, as I start to ask for that information, that really helps to, to get things set up as we get started. So they know that they have a partner, somebody that'll keep them on track. And then I also have a premise back to them of this is when you deliver things to me. And this is when I deliver things back to you. So they know when they're going to get something, they know they've got a review time frame what that timing looks like and everything kind of runs on a repetitive schedule. So once we get started, it just continues down that same that same path. And by not asking them to provide me super difficult things, I have also found that that really helps with um keeping things on track. When I was asking for video and when I was asking for other things in the beginning, oftentimes clients would struggle to they would say, yes, they wanted to do it, but they would struggle to then provide that information on the time frame that we had agreed. And then I wasn't getting it in time. And now I've got to do my prep work. And they didn't know how much prep work and time I had to put in. And it became a big mess. So keeping it simple, I have also found really helps. Um, they can easily provide me the things I'm asking for from them. I'm hearing this running thread of focus through everything that you're saying, because it's not just focus for you. You're helping your clients focus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you're really giving them the focus that they need to actually make the things that they want to have happen, happen. And so I think there's something really valuable there. There's a valuable lesson there for business owners, no matter if you're a social media business owner or not in 
having a promise. So helping people with like this, this kind of system and then delivering on it. Um, you have consequences both for yourself and for the clients if there's no deadlines met. And I think that that's a very, very powerful thing, even if it's a small thing um, to have embedded in your business. So if someone's listening and they're like, this all sounds great, um, how do I start with building something like this? Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give them? So you definitely have some excellent podcasts that are that are out there and also with what I've learned from the school. So I start with your framework and identifying the different areas of posts. You've got your, I think, five pillars of the post. And if I'm actually building out a strategy, if I'm if I'm just building out the strategy and somebody's going to implement it. Um, that's where I always start is by setting out that framework and saying, okay, here's our different categories and here's some ideas of different types of posts that can go into those categories. It's not specifics. It's just high level topics of, of what can go into that so that when you sit down and you're starting to look at here's, I'm going to put together a posting schedule. You've got something that you've already brainstormed and can help you and creating templates so that, you know, Logos are a great place to start. If there's if there's a logo that's created, you've already got some branding colors, you've already got some fonts. So starting there and then creating some templates. Canva is an excellent place to start. And looking at their templates, and I'm not saying that you should use them as they are, but looking at their templates to get some ideas and then take them and customize them for your own personal use. Or if you can invest fully in a social media manager, there are several virtual assistants or branding specialists out there who can create just those Canva templates for you. Get six of them. And then you can have a specific template for each type of post. That really helps with the graphic creation. You can go overboard and spend so much time on graphic creation because you decide when it's done. You can always spend more time on graphic creation. So you have to be really careful there. Um, but then also thinking through your captions. Captions do not have to be paragraphs upon paragraphs long. They can be short. Also knowing when sometimes a video is a great option and keeping it easy, knowing what the confines of the social media platform are that you're going to use. So how long on Instagram can you post a video within your feed and keep it within that so you don't have to edit. Bullet point out what you want to say and do do a quick recording and, and, and keep the editing to a minimum or don't edit at all. And sometimes sometimes video can be a really a really great thing to use and to help keep you from having such a long caption, but keeping things, keeping things simple. So I like to start with making sure that I've got some kind of a, a, an outline to use um, as far as the different categories of posts, making sure that you've got those templates so that you're not spending a significant amount of time on your captions. And then also looking at your posting schedule. You don't have to post seven days a week, especially if you're on Facebook or LinkedIn as your main platforms, you do not have to post seven days a week. Sometimes two to three times a week is perfectly fine. So find a posting schedule that works for you. It does not have to be seven days a week. Look at what is realistic and sit down and plan out your posts. Um, and even if you are on Instagram and you feel like you need to do something every week, 
or every day, I'm sorry, do a, a quick story to just pop in and do a story, do a poll. You don't have to create a, a feed post and really spend a lot of time in it. Now, again, if you're a social media manager and managing somebody else's content, stories become much more difficult because you have to get, you can't create them if it's if it's their face and their voice. You have to have the client create that. So that becomes a, a little bit more challenging. And then you're back into the graphics. So, but if you're doing it on your own, you can set yourself up so that when you sit down to plan your post, you've already got information there and you're 50% of the way done every time you get started. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. For those of you who are listening and not watching the video, I was like nodding my head the whole time uh, because there's that, that word, the focus again, in kind of setting yourself up with these intentions so that you can have something that's actually manageable and repeatable, which is so, so, so valuable. So as you head into the next year, um, how will this word focus lead the way for you? So it has definitely allowed me to figure out who I'm looking for as a client. Initially, what I thought was my ideal client is is not my ideal client. And so right now I'm actually working with a couple of um, consulting companies. So they're more agency in, in their size. And I am really finding that to be something I'm, I'm, strongly enjoying. I really thought that I wanted to work with solopreneurs where they were the face of their business and, and helping that, that smaller business owner. And I'm finding that that's not, that's not where my enjoyment was. So I'm looking at a different client base, um, allowing my, again, my focus on my package. So knowing what I want to say yes to and what things I have already tried and I'm, I've, I've tried it and it's not for me. So I also have through the mentorship been able to connect with so many fantastic people that I can refer. So if it's not a client that's right for me, I, it's not a, no, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do for you. I can say, Hey, you know what? We're not a great fit but I think I can put you in touch with a couple people that you could talk with who might be. And so that's a really great feeling. It's how everybody has that, that I don't want to say no, um, but really knowing what it is that's my area of specialty. And as I move into 2021, I'm also digging more into LinkedIn because of the type of pivot that I have made with my client base. LinkedIn is really important with the strategies that, that we're looking at. That's not an area that I ever thought I would focus on. I really dove in and thought Instagram was it. I needed to know all the ins and outs of Instagram. And don't get me wrong, it's very important to have a healthy foundation for Instagram. But yeah, I really found that moving into LinkedIn and learning more there is, is foundational for what I'm doing right now. Yes. And I love how confident you seem going into these decisions because it's from an informed place, which is, is so important and impactful. Um, anything else new and exciting that you want to share with our audience and also uh, give yourself a little shout out? Where can people connect with you online, LinkedIn, Instagram, et cetera? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Tony Jakes Tyler or on Instagram at Tony.jakes.tyler. And I spend most of my time on Instagram still through the socializing, but from a business perspective, my clients, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn helping to get them recognized and just educate people on who they are and what they do. So I am there as well. 
Yay. Awesome. I will put the links in the show notes for those of you watching or listening on your podcast. You can check them out. Make sure to follow Tony everywhere. Um, next up next week, we have Tarzan K on the podcast. So stay tuned for that, but that'll be all for this episode. Thanks for watching. Bye for now. <laughs>